everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Welcome back for episode 11. Today I have a guest on and we're talking about the therapies that she offers in her practice which have helped me. Her name is Dushka Hatton and I worked with her a couple of years ago when I was really not feeling very well physically. I'd had a lot of talking therapy so I tried something called somatic therapy which is all about letting your trauma out of your body and when I came to her I was just constantly feeling unwell I had no energy to exercise I was kind of like this for the majority of a year I'd had loads of tests and nothing was coming up so if you if this sounds like you like you're sick but nobody knows why you're sick it could be because the trauma has actually got stuck in your body so a couple of weeks ago I talked about our body's safety needs fight or flight and stuff like that well my body had basically gone into shock through me doing my talking therapy and had got really stuck in fight or flight and when I worked with Dushka she helped me through her treatments that she offers in her practice to kind of help my body to release that trauma and I felt like it was such a powerful therapy that so many people could benefit from it which is why I've asked her to come on and talk about what it is that she does because I found it so helpful for myself and it just shows that there's a lot of support out there that can help our bodies to release trauma and it's not just talking therapy so the therapies I'll get her to explain what they are but they're also like complementary therapies and I think it was episode seven I had Sole come on and talk about energy healing well this is a different type of healing that can help your body also with trauma I'm going to get Dashka to introduce herself now Welcome, Dashka. Could you introduce yourself and explain what it is that you do in your practice? Yeah, of course I can. Hi. And firstly, good morning, Manbri. And thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much for your podcast. Okay, well, I am an Alexander Technique teacher and a craniosacral therapist. Together with a colleague, I run workshops and advanced trainings for fellow practitioners. And I guess in my private practice, it's hard to say exactly what I do because my aim is to work with each person in the way that's kind of appropriate for them. My aim is really to promote a sense of safety and structure within because. I sometimes describe what I do as rather like a psychotherapy, but via the body. So I listen to the sense, you know, the pulls and the tensions within the body. See if we can see our situations from a different viewpoint, because as I think it was Martha Graham, a dancer, said, the body doesn't lie. So often we can know the stories we tell ourselves in our minds, but we don't hear them from our bodies. So I, I mentioned in the little intro that I recorded before that, We'd worked together a couple of years ago now when I came to you when I was really unwell physically after having all my talking therapy and how you were able to help my body to release 
I guess, the trauma that it was in. And that's why I so wanted you to come onto the show because that work was so powerful for me. And I hear a lot of people talking about how when they've had a breakdown or, you know, at that point where their body just completely gives up and they don't really know mm. what to do and they go to doctors and doctors try to help them and for me I'm like anyone that says that to me I'm like you need to go check out this type of therapy because from when I've spoken to you before it's it's a way in which it can help our bodies understand what they've kind of been through as well and release it well that's exactly right and I remember our sessions very well and when you came to me I put hands on your ankles uh, which might be the way I might first make contact I remember feeling it was as if you'd been punched in your stomach you'd been punched and that you hadn't been able to draw breath and so that was what the sensation was or my perception of what it felt like in your body all all I remember our sessions what I did was to just hold you in a sense I mean literally put hands on in a very gentle way to allow the body itself to start to release that held trauma. It's sort of as if a mother, like a mother picking up a child that's fallen over, she just holds that child until it feels safe enough to go on its way. And there's a lot of research right now about how the body holds trauma. And in fact, a very famous book is called When the Body Says No by a psychologist called Gabor Mate. And there's, as I say, there's a lot of work done now in this area because psychotherapy deals very successfully with the stories we tell ourselves but they become embedded within and that definitely happened with me and my own story where I guess for me personally I didn't have like a big traumatic PTSD incident or anything I had I guess regular kind of emotional abuse as I was growing Mm. up but but that still affects the body just as a big event of trauma you know like the really big traumas like not to say that they're any less or anything but sexual abuse physical Mm. abuse any of those kind of big emotional abuse can have that same impact on our bodies right when there's that much of it definitely and you had a history of 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 this emotional abuse and a lack of support over a very long period of time and you weren't taught how to look after yourself you weren't taught no one soothed you so that trauma had nowhere to go so it was embedded in the body and though you could talk about it it was still in the body in the same way as our lives are carried in our body we think we control everything from our minds but actually you know what I mean if I say oh I've got butterflies in my stomach or oh that person gets under my skin or my shoulders are really weighed down with a bird they're all descriptions of what it feels like in the emotional responses feel like in the body yeah and and that's what I work with because our bodies do tell a story like you've said before in the sense that um, I always used to sit very much with my shoulders down like almost like the weight of my family trauma on my back quite literally yes and so many people have black issues don't they and it's our I guess it's our body's way of saying we're not really okay (laughs) like you know you need to take care of us yes as we can imagine let's say you know growing up we learn possibly um, as an example but if we can tighten up and make ourselves as small as possible the very structure of our muscular armor can make us feel a little bit safer there's no reason because if we haven't any boundaries we haven't any loving support from a parent then this holding can actually make us feel a bit stronger. Now, over time, that can start to produce various other aches and pains. Let's say backache. Let's say we're not breathing properly. Let's say we're used to tensing so that our digestive system doesn't work as well, or we get headaches. All of these 
may have a physiological cause, but equally they may be emotional responses and they may become habitual and cause problems later on. For me personally, when I was younger, I didn't realise this is what I was doing, but I guess quite often I was looking for escape outside of my body. So I, I wasn't very present in it. I was sick a lot as a child. I had a lot of throat issues. But I honestly didn't feel, I didn't almost recognise when I was unwell. I don't know if that makes any sense. I I guess a lot of children that have suffered abuse would be trying to escape their bodies with like food or addictions or whatever. And what I found of the technique that you used, especially that Alexander technique I think it was that when when you kept saying to me like for me to be actually present with how certain parts of my body felt like we don't ever really think about that do we we're so in our own heads but to start to connect myself to my body like to always bring my head and my body back together again that's kind of what you did using that well that's exactly it because if you think of a young child if they are incredibly unhappy and there's abuse going on. As you say, it needn't be physical or sexual abuse. It could be emotional abuse. What can they do? They, ha- they can't. One of the ways that they can make themselves feel better is by literally, as you say, escaping to another realm, if you like. We call it dissociation. So that sometimes people come and lie down on my table and they actually can't feel their body. And my work is to bring them into their bodies to establish a sense of structure and a safety within. And actually, you can put your hands on someone and you can feel their attention coming into their body, rather like a hand coming into a glove. And for a lot of people, and actually it can be very slow work because if you have been god forbid sexually abused or physically abused then the body is not safe so it takes a lot of very very patient work to allow that attention to start to dwell within and i guess yes that is my work and to bring that trust in right because that trust is gone that trust is gone with some people who are extremely traumatized a lot of my work may be negotiating touch it might take several sessions before it feels safe enough for me to put a hand even on a foot mm-hmm. um, it's about coming back to the self letting that letting oneself feel at home in the body so i hear as well a lot of people talking about like serious anxiety so panic attacks mm-hmm. getting really overwhelmed with their anxiety that is a body reaction again right to the traumas that exactly. we've had yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> that Because each of us has different responses to trauma. So as I was saying, some people might have migraines, some people might have digestive issues, some people might have backache. A lot of people might might come to me and say, oh yes, but I won't feel so stressed once this situation is resolved or once I move or once whatever happens. But what I try to teach people is that we can't control outside situations, but what we can do is start to look at how we react to them. So if our reactions to life are to tighten, that might increase the stress. I mean, what is is stress and tension but physical reactions? By starting to release that a bit, one can start, as I say, we can't change the outside world, but we can start to feel a bit more released inside, a bit freer. I guess it's creating more of a safe space within your own body a place where you can go to for calm what we do with say mindfulness and things like that and when say again going back to me and my my great childhood but when we're young and we've sort of had so many instances of like fight or flight you know because we're constantly feeling unsafe can that Mm. disrupt our bodies in 
you know so, so really? almost like like for me personally my fight of flight could not so much now that I've done a lot of work on myself but it used to get so easily triggered whereas now yeah. like I'll notice something like the news this weekend and you know about the UK yeah. going into lockdown that started to make my fight or flight kind of gear up I yes. could almost feel it my ruminating yes. thoughts started to happen I started to feel my anxiety and I realized where it came from in the end and I sort of did some breathing and brought myself back to my body and kind of worked out that this was kind of reminding me of a time where I felt powerless in my own childhood etc so that's kind of what happened to me when I got triggered this weekend yes. I, again going back to children that have had a lot of abuse in their lives again even if it's emotional abuse could have a super sensitive fight or flight would you yeah, say i think you're absolutely right and that's exactly what happens as if if we are let's think what's released we know that adrenaline is released and there's also another stress hormone called cortisol and these are addictive basically unless we release that they just continue to stay in the body now we can always see that we've all seen uh, pictures of kind of abused or frightened dogs who jump at the slightest shock don't we and it's the same with the people if we don't release those that uh, stress and anxiety that just remains in the body and there's a, a very well-known uh, trauma specialist called peter levine who actually observed what happened in the wild so let's say an antelope is running away from is being chased by a lion the antelope gets away what you'll observe is that it will stand in the middle of the wherever it's running away in the savannah i think and it'll start shaking and what it's doing is releasing the shock and the trauma from the body and then it goes on its way but we don't we're not we aren't able to release that so the shock and the tension just go on and on being held within and so that any small disruption can send us back into this shock flight fight or freeze response and that's exactly what happens and that's exactly why i feel that body work is an incredibly useful adjunct to let's say talking therapies yeah it complements it doesn't it to be able to help it, support the body with reliving the trauma that they're speaking about i guess well it, it does look if you do have trauma then you know any extra anxiety is going to trigger that original trauma unless we are fortunate enough to be able to work through it and it's not as if my work is suitable for everyone of course but it can be very very useful because as i was saying earlier on you know we know the stories that our minds tell us but we don't often see the emotional or physical responses within the body and the body remembers which is the title of another very well-known book about trauma so for example let's just see on the very very mundane level let's say you go back to a house that you used to know very very well as a child but you haven't been there for many years, you would know that the door handle to the bathroom might stick and you're, you would be used to know exactly how to turn that handle so it didn't stick or that the tread on the third stair up to the landing squeaks and you would know, do you see what I mean? So our bodies have a memory and it's exactly the same. So our bodies store memories. And that's what can cause us things like anxiety and all these physical manifestations of our... Yeah trapped emotions and I guess as well we live in a world now that is so busy that where people are using different things to calm down their fight or flight so to increase their dopamine I guess you know like we've got you know yeah. alcohol or even our phones and all these things that can kind of yeah. numb out the feeling when we're stressed 
So it kind of goes, but it's actually not going anywhere. It's still there, isn't it? Just waiting for us well, to deal is. with it one yeah. day. And we're constantly being encouraged to consume, aren't we? Sort of, yeah. you know, whether it's consume more Netflix or more donuts or more alcohol or whatever it is. There's, it, gosh, even Wordsworth wrote, the world is too much with us. And that was two or three hundred years ago. Yes, it's, we do need to calm down, actually. We really do because we can feel it all around and it's, well, for obvious reasons, particularly at the moment when things are very, very unstable. It makes us feel very insecure. So what do we do when we feel insecure? We go to all the habits that we've used in the past to make us feel better, whether that's physical tightening or whether that's opening another bottle of wine. And working with someone like you is way more healthier. (laughs) Well, it's, 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 it is one of the ways in which we can learn how to calm down and to come back to ourselves. We're always going to have anxiety and anxiety is a normal response and it's a useful response. But what's difficult is when anxiety, stress and tension become a normal way of life. And that's what we need to look at because when they become habits, we no longer notice that that's what we're doing. So it's imagine that you're working next to roadworks and there's a pneumatic drill going. At first it's intolerable. And after a bit, we tune it out because we can't bear it. And it's only at the end of the day when it stops that you go, gosh, phew. (laughs) And you start to be able to hear the birds again. And you start to be able to hear the more subtle noises. And it's like that. If we hold our bodies tight and we maintain this stress and anxiety, we no longer, we can't listen to the more subtle messages of our body. Yeah, the sensitivity. Yeah, that's so true. Because I think so many people walk around almost unconsciously how they even feel or they're just so busy with work or, you know, getting about busy lives that we're just not even conscious of what's going on. Like for me personally, I didn't really realise that there was anything wrong until you know, it got so bad. Mm. So to the point that I guess I hit my rock bottom and I couldn't sleep. I realized that I actually, I I actually don't think I'm okay. That that's what made me explore it rather than all the health problems I'd had for so many. I didn't even realize. I feel like so many of us do it when it's got so, so, so bad rather than keeping up with our housekeeping on an ongoing basis being conscious of how we're feeling and what it is that we need what I loved about your treatments was that I had no idea that there was things out there services out there that could support me and my body and there's a lot of complementary therapies that can work for people but I think you've said this before that it's about trying different things and seeing what your body responds to. So I guess when you have clients come to see you, some would respond quicker than others maybe, or some yeah. some it wouldn't work for. Or... Yes, I, I very much feel, um, I certainly don't feel that what I do is for everyone. And I believe that it's, it's a question of finding out what works for you. I mean, some people find Reiki useful. Some people find aromatherapy useful. Some people find massage or Pilates or whatever it is. It's just discovering what it is that feeds and resources you. I mean, we don't all like potatoes or spinach or something we have to find out what we like and what works for our body above and beyond that a lot of a lot of the work is to do with the therapeutic relationship whether you feel safe with that particular therapy and that's the job of the therapist to engender that relationship really and 
it was lucky that you and I worked well together or that my work was useful for you. But if it hadn't been, I would have recommended you somewhere else. It certainly was. For sure, I could go to the gym afterwards. I was so excited because <laughs> I hadn't been able to for so long. Wow. Um, how did you get into this? Because I'd never heard of it other than for babies. So I'm going to ask you a question about babies in a second. But how All did you right. get Well, first started body work because like you, I'd got to a place where I couldn't really go on anymore. But I also, like you, didn't, didn't see it as stressful know that I was suffering from stress because I was happily married uh, happily I still am and I had two wonderful children who were very very young but I couldn't understand why I couldn't sleep even after taking sleeping pills and I had all sorts of vague physical symptoms I simply didn't realize that this was a stress response I went to various doctors and uh, there was nothing happily there was nothing wrong with me and one of the people that I saw a friend of mine recommended somebody um, who happened to be an Alexander Technique teacher and and it was only after oh, quite a long time that I realized that she was about the only person who was doing any good, really helping. And she was helping me by showing me what my physical situation was, what my response to life was, which was tightening and holding. It was so fantastic that someone suggested to me that I train as, a, as an Alexander Technique teacher. And that's what I did. And then 10 years later, in 2009, I trained as a craniosacral therapist. And what attracted me to that was that it never come across anything so still. It's the most extraordinary magical treatment in the world, but I can't really explain how it works. But it is a stillness and it's just a listening to the body on a very profound level. And most of us aren't really received or heard at this very profound level. And I often feel that it's a privilege to meet people in the way that I do because you just listen to the stresses and strains and the ebbs and flows of tensions within the body and see what, what, how you can meet that person. And my journey at the moment is that I have I've realized that so much of my work brings up so much for people that I've decided to train as a psychotherapist as well. So that's what I'm doing right now. So, um, yeah. Another degree. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, busy. I'm, a course, I'm a training junkie. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> so I can totally oh, understand. Yeah. So I guess for people that don't know what happens, it's could you just go through what people could expect from a session? Because I think... Oh, yes, of Yeah, course. maybe not. So, okay, so what would happen um, if somebody came to me is that we would discuss, firstly, why you decided to come, what brought you. I don't need to have a whole case history for my body work because what I'm doing is finding out what's happening now. So I would invite people to lie on my very comfortable table. Uh, they don't have to get undressed. So they lie down and I basically I, I will start by putting hands either on very lightly, very, very gently on either the ankles or under the head. And I'm just listening. And it's as if I'm listening to the flows of energy through the body so I might put my hands on and feel oh yes there's a real tension in the shoulders I really can feel and then there's a sense of gosh this isn't just a physical habit this feels like there's an emotional holding going on and it's the same way as if you know some if you know someone extremely well and you walk into a room you might be able to see that they're 
upset or that they're happy or that they're excited or anxious, not from talking to them, but just from the way that they're carrying themselves. We know that, don't we? Because we can see in the body language. So that's what I'm doing. I'm listening. And then I'm allowing this sense of ease. So let's say I feel that there's a real tension in the shoulders. I might go to the shoulder and just hold it and just wait for anything from five minutes to half an hour just to see what unfolds. Now, as I'm working with someone, I might see images or they might see images. They might go into a very quiet dreamlike state and suddenly a, a memory might float up of something that happened to them. And we can then start to track those memories in the body or I might see well I remember and you've given me permission to talk about this I remember when I worked with you I put hands on and I saw an image of a little girl reaching up her hands to be picked up be comforted so that's what I see sometimes not all the time but sometimes and depending who I'm working with I might feed back that image or I might not it, it really depends who I'm working with and what you've seen I guess because <laughs> some things might not well, be something again that it's needs to my work has to be relevant to the person I'm working with I, I there's doing this to impose my beliefs on how people should be I'm listening to how they what they need in that moment yeah and it was so interesting that you had that image because that's what i've been working on in my therapies <laughs> like basically that version right. of myself that young version that hadn't got various yeah. things so interesting that she was like asking to be held basically yes. even in my session well, yes and yeah obviously i didn't know that but yes that was the image that came up and i didn't know that and i didn't know the detail of your history or your trauma that was just evident that just came up and so that but it's so it's very difficult for me to explain what craniosacral therapy is because it's not scientific but we are working with the body and we're working with a sense of energy well like we said earlier you know it's something that people are struggling with some kind of continuous body issues that it may work for them you never know like it worked for me I literally just found it I can't even remember yes, how I can't remember because how I was just I don't even know how I found it to be honest but it was just like oh maybe this will help me release the trauma that's kind of why I think I, I came to you when I mentioned that I was seeing you most people had heard of that through like craniosacral therapy in regards to babies yes. so I know that you don't work with babies but how does it work for them well birth is quite traumatic Let's say, let's say the, the, the passage of a baby's skull is incredibly soft. So let's say the process of birth can cause a sort of um, the, the uh, cranial bones to overlap, let's say, or, you know, baby's heads can look very weird. The stress of birth can get embedded in a baby's system right at the beginning. Now, I don't want to say this because it sounds like I don't want to worry new parents, but something like colic, a very well-known condition that babies suffer from, which has no particular physiological cause, but they cry at a particular time every night. Well, let's just say that a baby's whole digestive system is a, is a series of tiny, tiny, tiny little tubes. And what does stress do? It tightens up. So it could well be something like indigestion. A very soothing treatment like craniosacral therapy can really help to ease and release that stress and trauma. And if you also think of, of a young baby, uh, if a young baby's very upset and um, in pain or crying, it's equally very upsetting for the parent. 
So that might make the parent more tense in the way that they then react with the child. And so it becomes a vicious circle. So craniosacral therapy is an incredibly gentle way of working with infants. However, as with anybody, but particularly with babies, it's always worth getting these things checked out by a doctor first. I'm very much in the camp that what I'm doing is is complementary. And I think I've said before that, you know, there's no point if you need building work, there's no point going to a decorator if you need a plumber. Very true. Could you tell everyone about the book that you wrote? So if oh. they... <laughs> you are kind. Yes, a colleague and a very good friend. I wrote a book called Everybody Tells a Story. What we wanted to do was that every book about craniosacral therapy is really very kind of medical and, you know, put your hands here and very osteopathic. What we wanted to do was rather than write a manual of techniques, so we wanted to write about the magic of this. We took a fictional character um, and we, we took her through each of the chapters of the book is a different session. So we described that she was feeling a bit she didn't know what was wrong we describe a young woman a fictional young woman who's got a couple of children a slightly unsatisfactory relationship and a history of tension and trauma and she has a lot of physical symptoms and she's just feeling under the weather and someone suggests she goes to a craniosacral therapist so what we wanted to do was to describe each session from the viewpoints of both the client and also the therapist to show how it appears on each side of the table and to show how the work may develop but we also wanted to weave in myth and archetypes and legends because that was both of our our fascinating both of us and there are you know connections today between these ancient ancient stories and what we face today as far as i'm concerned the myths basically represent stages along the journey of life and they show us where earlier travelers have left warning signs or dangers or encouragement for those of us who follow and you know nowadays we don't listen to the myths and the legends because we've allowed everything to, to come into our heads we think we can control everything but if we read the myths they're just as relevant today so we weave in into our book um, myths the classic myth of the therapist is the one of the wounded healer, let's say. And that's the story of Iron, the centaur. And it was his wound that made him a healer. He was searching for relief for his incurable wound that made him the healer. And he taught Asclepius, who is the father of medicine in Greek mythology. So we talk about that myth. We also loosely base the book on the hero's journey. So Joseph Campbell, the great father of myth, the American father of myth, showing different stages along the way. So the initiation, the starting out on the journey, and then the setbacks, and then and so it goes on. So it's it was a book of 10 sessions, both sides of the table. And then also we do a commentary on each on each chapter to show our I mean, between us, my colleague and I have about 40 years of experience of being a bodywork therapist. So we discuss what happened. As you can see, I love doing it. <laughs> What's it called again? It's called Everybody Tells a Story. Great. I'll put a link in. Oh, thank you very much. Because it's just fascinating how, like I said, I if I hadn't come myself, I would have had no idea how powerful it is and how much it can support us and help us to understand our own bodies as well. Like, I think my relationship with my body kind of changed after we had 
mm. our sessions and i feel like i'm on a journey to take better care of it almost well i mean you know, then is... you're a you're an absolutely poster <laughs> poster <laughs> woman for this therapy but because actually we didn't have that many sessions but no no we had six exactly that yeah exactly that and sometimes i work with people for many years they or sometimes they come for a few sessions and go away and then come back for refresher sessions or something but that's exactly it it's it's to allow you to come home to yourself and also i didn't do anything you were ready at that time so it was fortunate that our paths coincided at that time because you'd already done an enormous amount of work yourself, you know, that you had an interest in taking this further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I really felt the need for it. And then I found you and you were like super close to where I was for work. And it was a little bit <laughs> well, win -win. to be. <laughs> Is there anything that you could recommend to the audience with like helping us to support our bodies and improve our relationship with them and understanding what that well i guess one of the most basic things is just to start noticing so let's start noticing on a daily basis it doesn't have to be all day long but let's say something really nice happens like i don't know you suddenly get a call from a friend you haven't seen in a couple of years just notice how that feels inside what happens inside as i said the body does keep the score does your heart lift does your heart sing what happens to your shoulders those sorts of things equally if something upsetting happens i'm not saying something majorly upsetting i'm just talking about what happens if you have bad news or you get a parking ticket or i don't know you know not a major thing again what happens inside what do your shoulders tighten what happens in your solar plexus? What happens to your back? Are you frowning? Those sorts of things. So it's starting to notice your patterns, your reactions, and starting to notice that if something bad happens, let's say the parking ticket, do you hold on to it all day, two days, three days, or does it pass through? Ditto with the happiness. You know, how does it play out within your system? So it's, it's starting to be a bit curious about the way we interact with the world what do we do because so often the way that we react and carry ourselves dictates how we feel rather than vice versa so the mind-body connection is very much a two-way bridge it's not just the mind is unhappy and so the body tenses up it can be if the body continues to tense up the mind will search around for a reason for that it's so fascinating because for such a long time i used to feel like i was numb and i hear a lot of people talking about that on their healing journey like they don't feel anymore like i kind of stopped yeah. feeling and when i started to listen to my body and how it felt and reacted in different situations i started to notice even how certain people made me yeah. feel going and some people make me contract and some people make me expand or yeah just and I had literally no idea before because I had become so numb to so many things yeah. and just doing some of the things that you've suggested there is a great way to start to unthaw <laughs> like, do you know what I mean if that's yes literally well you're absolutely right and the sensation of numb is the physical equivalent of the dissociation so let's say as a child you learn that your feelings aren't met they're not supported and to have those feelings makes you more and more upset you might start numbing that you might start freezing closing that down then that becomes a habit and as you said you no longer know 
what you're doing. Sometimes to actually start feeling the feelings is, is, can be too much, but we can start notice what the, noticing what the body's reaction is and gently, gently working in that way. It's never my reaction to break in and release these distressing emotions in some great catharsic experience because I don't think that's helpful. And I believe that that's what happened to you, wasn't it? Yeah, I did too much consecutively and it just sort yeah. of wore me yeah. out. No, so, yeah. it can be very, very, very overwhelming and re-traumatized. So my view is to go incredibly slowly and safely at, at the speed and at the pace of the person who comes to me. And for so many of us that haven't felt safe, we've um, kind of avoided our feelings because when we were young, those were scary. And then we've taken that into our adult life. But that's why I'm such a great believer in paying for help to have somebody there sort of almost hold your hand while you witness these things like feelings in your body you know in your mind whatever they might be because actually feeling our feelings when you actually do feel them they pass by really quickly but when we're young we don't realize that they feel like they're going to kill us so i mean when we're young they are important it is it is much more important we don't have any agency of our own everyone else's disposal and we have to be taught how to look after ourselves and if no one is there to comfort us, then we stop looking for comfort. It's, you know, and psychotherapy, of course, is absolutely brilliant at looking at the root causes of a lot of these things. But it is my belief that it can be incredibly useful to accompany that with something like body work. Because after all, your body doesn't just exist to take your mind from place to place. You know, it's very much part of the story as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's way bigger. Like, you know, it takes up more space. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I I it does. Yes. <laughs> it takes more space, so it's going to have a lot more to tell you. So if people wanted to work with you, I know that you're doing some online work now as well. How can they get in touch with you? And any links that you talk about or whatever services you have i'll put it into oh, the notes right. as well. a lot of my long-term clients have, have been asking if i can continue to uh work online and to my astonishment we seem to be able to make a connection and if i can't explain how craniosacral therapy can work i really can't explain how this works online but it does seem to be helpful to people um but i can't explain it but i do work online And I suppose I talk people through much the same sort of work that you and I did. So they would, I would ask that they would be either lying on their bed or on a sofa in a quiet place where they're not disturbed. And we would just start gently, me in my room over the Zoom and them in their room to notice what's going on and to notice what, what the physical accompaniments are to their stories and as I say extraordinarily sometimes you can pick up a connection so sometimes I can notice that someone's holding in their neck or their lower back or their shoulders Um, sometimes again I still see imagery so yes I am working online you that my website you have the details of and my I loved um, your the myth that you spoke about earlier you know the wounded healer that's just I love that because that's that's even why I'm doing this podcast right because when you've been wounded and you've hurt and then you found your way out of that, you want to share that with other people. And that's kind of what the podcast is about. I guess that's why you practice these treatments because they worked for you. So That's exactly, exactly right. And it is in anybody who does 
uh, in the sort of healing professions, if you like. That's, it's often, it's a very familiar story. And a lot of what people like me doing, we talk about healing and, and actually the root cause, the root of the word healing is to make whole. And that's also a rather nice, a nice thought is that we're trying to restore a balance when things have become out of kilter, out of balance. We're looking to make whole, give a sense of balance. Very nicely put. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell our audience that I forgot to ask you before we wrap up? I am not sure that there is really i've just very much enjoyed talking to you i hope i haven't been too repetitive and tongue-tied no, no. Um, just to say again how much this work was a revelation to me it really did because i was stuck in my mind i was wandering around like a sort of talking head and it was like suddenly discovering a new sense it was like seeing in color after having seen in black and white my whole life so honestly like a new sense like suddenly discovering you can feel and that was a great gift for me too like that's why I really wanted you to have you on the show because I think when people are on a journey of healing they will often think about talking therapy and they'll be like well I went to a few sessions it didn't really work for me I still feel awful well this is a great way to um, add some more different types of stuff into your healing because it's not not just talking therapy that can help you on your journey like there's a lot of different things out there so that's why I wanted to have you on to share this with everybody (laughs) yeah very kind saying this is in place of a talking therapy I really am not and as you heard I'm training as a psychotherapist as well but I think it's a very useful complement to talking therapies because we're not either all bodies or all minds. So it's useful to try to get all of these things in sync. And, and, to, uh, and to find what works for you, because everybody will need different different things, yes. like maybe more talking th- therapy or maybe less or whatever it is. Yes. There's no right answer for everyone. And I just wanted to bring this to people's attention that it's out there and it can help them if they want but that is all my questions for today so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your great gift with everybody (laughs) well thank you Manpreet and uh thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it and all the best in your healing journey thank you thank you so much and there we have it guys an episode completed i hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind there was alarm bells going you were all like ding that's totally me because that's what i was like when i started this journey and that is the start of the process finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life so i really hope it was helpful and before the next episode coming out next wednesday be sure to check us out on instagram so it's hearts underscore underscore happiness also we have a youtube channel where i share the videos i create for instagram on so you can check that out they come on about once a week and then we also have a facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation i want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas and then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk which you can check out to join our mailing list so that as i create new services and support tools for you all you're the first to find out and i have a freebie on there so definitely check that out it's five books that transformed my healing so if you really want to kickstart and you know you're liking the content in here these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge so definitely check that out and i will speak to you next week i'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness take care